Friends, I hope you believe that in 2021, a breakthrough is coming, coming for you personally, coming for our church, coming for this nation. I think about the COVID crisis we're in, the pandemic, and the, and the idea that the vaccines are coming, the vaccines are on their way. I just saw on Facebook last night, I was uh, you know, scrolling through it, and I ran across our worship leader, John Waltz, who also works in a hospital. And on December 28, John Waltz got the vaccine. One question I have for you guys today is, do you know somebody who has already received the vaccine? Because friends, I do believe that's one of the key steps in us coming out of this pandemic and getting back to some sense of normalcy in life. And that's what we're hoping and praying for. By God's grace, it will happen. Amen? Amen. I want to show you something on the screen. Um, we're going to be talking about a two-week series starting today. And the question of the series is, who are you roped to? And of course, you see in the picture, there are mountain climbers. They're roped to each other. They're obviously climbing a very steep and high mountain. And they're roped to each other for safety, for protection, for community, so that they can help each other get to the summit. And that's what I want all of us to do in 2021. No matter how hard the climb is for us, no matter how difficult the terrain, no matter how many obstacles come in our way, by His grace, by God's grace and His love and our community of faith, we will get through it together. We'll be able to summit the apex of whatever mountain is put in front of us together. I want to show you a photo from 1953. This is a photo of two very famous men. Uh, the man on your left is Sir Edmund Hillary. The, I think he was a New Zealander. The man on your right is a Himalayan person. He was a Sherpa, which is a mountain climbing expert. His name is Tanging Norgay, Tenzing Norgay. So it's a very famous photo. Why? Because those were the first two men in history who climbed to the summit, to the very peak of Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the world. It's over 29,000 feet tall. Now, one thing to know, and you guys have probably seen movies about it, uh, seen documentaries about Mount Everest, is it is not, I, I mean, it's a very big understatement to say this, Mount Everest is not an easy mountain to climb. It is a dangerous mountain. Not only is it dangerous, not everyone who tries to summit summit this mountain comes back alive. There are some 200 bodies spread across that mountain on various routes. And so what they say, the mountain climbers say, is making it to the summit is only half the battle. The danger of the severe weather and the lack of oxygen is extreme. Tenzing Norway is the man on the right. He is the Sherpa who, who accompanied Sir Edmund Hillary. I, that's pro probably why you got to be Sir, because he, he did that famous uh, climb. Tenzing Norway, the Sherpa on the right, he wrote an autobiography called Tiger of the Snows. And he writes about the experience of climbing another peak with another climber, uh, a man named George Frey. Now, this was a year before climbing Mount Everest with Sir Edmund Hillary. This was in 1952. Uh, they were on a Swiss expedition, but they were climbing in the Himalayas. And this is what Tenzing Norway says about this particular climb with a man named George Frey. He says this, 
At first, the going was easy enough, following a long snow slope into which we could kick good steps, but not so steep that we needed a rope between us. But after a while, the angle grew a bit sharper, the snow became harder, and I stopped so that I could put on my steel-spiked crampons so I could have a steadier footing. Aren't you going to put yours on? I called up to George Frey, who was in the lead. No, I don't need them, he answered. And so we continued climbing. And once again, looking back, there is a question of whether I should have done otherwise. Maybe I should have argued with him or urged him more strongly to put on his crampons. But Fry, George Fry, as I've said, he was an excellent climber. He had much experience climbing in the Alps, certainly had been in much more difficult places than where we were now, and at the moment he seemed to be having no trouble. We continued smoothly and easily, he first, myself second, Ang Dawa was third. We were still unroped, and they were per, there was perhaps about 15 feet between us. And looking around, I judged that we were at about 17,000 feet with another 2,000 feet to go to get to the top of Kang Peak. Then Fry slipped. Just how or why, I could not tell. But one moment he was climbing steadily above me, and in the next, he was plunging down. At first, it looked like he was going to fall right on top of me and carry me along with him. But actually, he was a little to one side, and as he came by, I dug in and lunged and tried to hold him. It was hopeless, though. There was too much weight and momentum. His body struck my outstretched hand. There was a quick, sharp pain in a finger, and then he was past me. Past Angdawa, below me, falling and tumbling down that mountain until he came to rest on a flat place about a thousand feet below. George Frey died on that mountain that day. This story is told by Ken Geyer in his remarkable book. I want to show you the book. It's called The North Face of God. This book is deeply spiritual. In fact, the subtext says, hope for the times when God seems indifferent. Uh, Ken Geyer, he talks about the challenges that Christians encounter when God seems indifferent or he seems distant to us when we are going through troubles. Well, the parallels in the spiritual realm and the mountain climbing in a physical context, they are sobering. Friends, as Christians, we are all on a spiritual climb. Life is a journey, and there will be some dangerous pathways that God is going to allow us to walk down. Some of those pathways we cause ourselves because we intentionally leave the straight and narrow path God has for us. But there are other pathways we are facing where there's a difficult, icy climb, and the summit seems daunting, it seems far away. It seems near impossible to summit. And in a moment, friends, if we're not careful, we too can lose our footing. It could be a moral misstep when our marriage feels shaky and it can lead us into an affair. It could be an emotional misstep when we're going through a downtime, a setback, a depression in our lives. It could be because of the loss of a job or a loss of a friendship or a broken relationship. 
and in a moment we could lose our footing. There could be a bitter reaction toward God when we're suffering. It can lead us to become disillusioned. We think that God doesn't see us anymore or that if He does see us, He doesn't care about what's happening to us. And one spiritual misstep in that perilous moment can result in us falling away from God, falling so hard and so far that it might lead to a paralysis of some of the good, loving feelings that we had for spiritual things. If we're not careful, it can even lead to the death of those spiritual feelings. Friends, let's recognize something today. We are in a difficult, spiritual, dangerous climb in this Christian life. Jesus said, and, and as they said in the video we watched, in this world, it's a promise from Jesus. You can read it in John chapter 16. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have troubles. There's no getting around this reality. Many of us do our best to try and create our own little heaven on earth to control our environment. But let's remember one thing. As good as we can make it here on earth, this earth is not our eternal home. God gave us this life, and this life is full of tests. He gives us this life. He entrusts it to us to manage the, the stewardship of what God allows us to manage. And we are to take what He gives us, and we are to honor Him with our life. And so this life, it's not our eternal home. This life is a temporary assignment. So how are we doing on this life assignment that God gives us? How are we doing on our own particular spiritual climb? Our permanent home one day is going to be with God in heaven, but we are not there yet. What does God call us to do in the meantime? He calls us to be faithful, and He gives us tools to help us on this spiritual climb journey. Now, I want to share with you some rules about alpine mountain climbing because it is a dangerous sport. Some people think it's fun. I, I look at a big mountain and I don't feel the draw. You know, why did he climb the mountain? Because it was there. You know, I look at a big mountain and I say, I'm glad that mountain is way up there. I have no desire <laughs> to go and climb necessarily to the top of that huge mountain. And one of the reasons is, is because it's dangerous. There are many hazards to mountain climbing that can ruin a, a successful summit or even can cost a mountain climber his life. The story of George Frey was he didn't put on his steel crampons. He wasn't roped to any other climbers. He was out there solo thinking he could handle it on his own. Some of the hazards that mountain climbers face are falling rocks and crevices and avalanches. There's dangers of high icy mountain climbing. Avalanches, falling snow and ice and rocks, steady crevices, deadly crevices in those huge mountains. They're just some of the obstacles faced by climbers. But I tell you the one thing, the chief impediment of all, the chief obstacle is not the mountain itself. It's the extreme altitude. When, the, when people climb super high mountains up in the Himalayas or the Himalayas, as they are called by in that part of the world, there is a danger zone called the death zone. And that is the area above 8,000 meters. Now, when I read this online, I said, I wonder how high 8,000 meters is. Well, I looked it up and I gave it to you. 20, 26,000 feet and higher. The lack of oxygen 
can do a number of things to a person's mind. Even a good, very in shape, very cardio-efficient climber. It, lack of oxygen can disorient the most experienced climbers. Many of them perish at this point. And that is also why as we climb this icy mountain, as we look ahead to 2021 and say, what are the obstacles ahead of us? May we not make the mistake of trying to climb alone. We need a rope of connection to other believers. Friends, that is so essential. If we are not roped to other Christ followers, we can be isolated, we can be alone, we can be subject to one tragic misstep, and without other climbers, without other fellow believers to help us along the way and to protect us, sometimes that one tragic misstep can result in a catastrophic fall like the one that George Frey experienced. How much better, friends, how much safer would it be if we were roped together? The author Randy Alcorn, he writes this. He says, we dare not live under the deadly illusion of independence and self-sufficiency. We should not, we should, in other words, friends, we should put on our steel spike crampons to ensure the best footing. We should also listen to our good and faithful traveling companions who advise us when we need to do so. We dare not climb alone. One of the books of wisdom in that 66-book library that we call the Bible. By the way, did you know that the Bible, it's not just one book, it's a library of books. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, which comprises about three-quarters of our entire Bible, there is a book of wisdom in there called Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes has a tremendous passage in chapter 4. Maybe if you've attended a wedding at some time in the past, you've heard this passage quoted for the bride and groom as they are getting ready to wed and to unite into one couple for life. It says these words, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, Think about that, George Frey. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken." You know, friends, in 2007, Lisa and I were privileged to go with our church. In fact, we got to go with our kids. It was awesome. They, uh, one of them was in high school, one was in college, and we got to go on a missions trip that I'll never forget. It was life-changing. We went to the East African country of Kenya, and we went to the capital city of Nairobi. We went to one of the poorest areas in the world. It was called the Mathari Valley. And there on that trip, we saw a number of amazing things. But I also saw this proverb on the wall, and it's a famous African proverb. And it says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Sometimes I 
take the first one. Sometimes I say, well, it's just easier to go alone. I don't have to wait for anybody. I don't have to depend on anybody else. I don't have, I don't have anybody else to slow me down. But there's a danger there, like especially when we're doing an, an alpine mountain climbing. We need other people. Nobody that, to my knowledge, nobody ever summited Mount Everest completely on their own. They always summit together in a team. And they, so in other words, if they want to go far, they go together. Speaking again to that Ecclesiastes passage where it says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Uh, in 2004, Lisa and I were privileged to start a brand new Bible class for young married couples and engaged couples at our church. And the class was called The Knot. You sort of get that when, when you think about marriage, you know, tying the knot. And there also happened to be a website for people getting married called The Knot for wedding resources and things like that. But this was our motto for that class, The Knot class. It says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Friends, in recent years, I've even seen weddings where they will have as part of the wedding ceremony, they have a, they have a board, and on the board they have three ropes. Some of them are colored different colors. You can look it up online. Um, but on the three colors, there's the bride and the groom, and the third cord is God himself. And as the bride and groom both put God first place in their lives, they grow closer to each other, they're they're woven together in that marital relationship. And with God as the center of their lives, that cord of three strands is not easily broken. Let me add something to this, to this climbing metaphor we're talking about today. Each year of our lives in Christ, we climb some kind of spiritual mountain, right? Some years are easier. Sometimes you can look back on your life and you say, wow, that year compared to 2020 was a cakewalk, right? Maybe, maybe the mountain you had to climb was, was 1,500 feet tall and, and there were no uh, steep parts of it at all. It was just a gradual climb. You summited that mountain and you rejoiced and you say, thank you, God, for giving us a year of blessings and not as many obstacles. Well, 2020 was like the opposite of that, right? The mountain that we had, were trying to climb in 2020 was full of obstacles. It was a tough, steep, icy mountain to climb. And here's the problem with 2020 as well. The COVID pandemic, instead of pushing us together, it was pushing us apart. It was, give, it was making us go shelter in place. It was making us isolate. I remember walking on walking trails with Lisa and uh, there'd be other people coming the other way on the walking trail and some of them were so fearful thinking like we had the plague uh, no matter who we were or how healthy we were, they didn't know us. They just were fearful. They would actually go off the trail. They would go off the trail. They, would, they had their mask on. They would turn their head and they would go like this until we had walked past and were like 10 or 20 feet past them. And I thought, my goodness, is this what our world is coming to? Where instead of seeing other human beings as made in the image of God and and somebody that were to practice what Jesus commanded us to love one another as I have loved you, instead of treating them that way, we're treating them like they got some dreaded disease and they got to get away from us. Kind of like as you read in the Gospels, the lepers in Jesus' day where they had to yell, unclean, and they had to stay away from everybody else. You see what COVID did? It pushed us into isolation rather than into community. And so we have to get away from that. We have to get back to where God wants us to be. 
Actually, friends, uh, let's go back to this question. For the upward and sometimes exhausting climb of the life that you're living now, especially during this di difficult season, here's, here's a question for you. Are you wearing your spiritual steel-spiked crampons? In other words, in, in the New Testament words, are you putting on the armor of God? The helmet of salvation? Are you putting on the breastplate of Christ's righteousness over your heart? Are you holding up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the enemy? And are you holding up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God? That's the only offensive weapon that Paul mentions in putting on the armor of God. Holding up the Word of God. It cuts through the lies. It brings us to the truth. It keeps us on the right, the straight and narrow path that God has for us. Let's put on the spiritual armor of God. In climbing terms, let's put on our steel spiked crampons as we climb this mountain of 2021 together. You remember the Himalayan Sherpa, the climber, Tenzing Norway. He asked his friend, George Frey, aren't you going to put on your steel-toed crampons? You remember what George's reply was? Nah, I don't need them. How many times has a loving friend asked you a similar question, a spiritual question? Are, are, are you going to go to church this week? Are you going to tune in? Are you going to read your Bible today? Are you going to listen to some Christian music, some praise music that uplifts your soul and draws you closer to God? Are you going to do any of that? How have you replied to questions like that? I hope you don't reply the same way that George Fry did. No, I don't need them. No, I don't need your questions. I'm doing fine on my own. Actually, friends, the truth is you are not doing fine on your own. And you need to beware. Beware of that cocky self-confidence. Beware of this idea that you can do life on your own. That you don't need to be roped to other people. Oh, really? Look at the warning that the Apostle Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He's talking about temptation. And he says, so, so if you think you're standing firm, he says, be careful. You think you've got life figured out on your own. You, you think you don't need anybody. You think, you know, just you and God or you by yourself. I can handle life on my own. I've got it under control. When you have that attitude, friends, you are in a dangerous place. And the Apostle Paul and the Lord Jesus would say to you these words. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Friends, let me be clear. There have been lots of church family members who have stayed with us in 2020. They're tuning in every week. They're following us, following us on Facebook and, and Instagram. They are reading the devotionals that we have. A devotional like this one for December and January and February. The daily devotional, the word for you today. They are having a spiritual quiet time with God every day. And they're using one of these tools or maybe using an online version like you version. Like I heard my wife Lisa this morning in the bathroom. She's listening to her daily devotional. She puts it on Audible and listens to it as she gets ready. So you can do a number of those things. But if you're not doing any of those things, friend, maybe this verse is something you need to take to heart. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. 
Don't think, friends, that you're going to be able to ascend a steep, icy, dangerous mountain on your own. You need other people around you. And so for us, friends, for all of us, but especially for some of you, I want to ask you a, a, a very basic question. Who are you roped to? Who are you roped to, right? Do you even, and, and, and maybe even a question that I would ask before that question about who are you roped to is this question. Do you even want to be roped to other believers? Because that question reveals the depth or the shallowness of your Christian faith. Because if you read and study the New Testament, friends, you realize that following the way of Jesus, it's always a team sport. We love one another. We pray for one another. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. How do you do any of those one another's when you're isolated by yourself, when you will not participate in community with other believers? Friends, we need one another. We need to be roped to other like-minded believers if we are to obey all the commands of Jesus. So that question is, do you even want to be roped to other believers? Friends, I hope your first response, I, I hope there's no resistance anymore. Or if there was some resistance, that you're overcoming it. And you're saying, you know what? I do need to be roped to other believers. I do need to practice following Jesus the New Testament way. The second question is this. Are you roped to the right people? Are you roped to the right people? Because friends, uh, maybe you have a set of friends in your life and you hang out with them, but if you really had to stop and analyze your relationship with them, are they really helping you grow closer to God? Or are they dragging you further away from God? Do they have any spiritual interest in their lives at all? And if you're spending all your time with them, the Apostle Paul's words in Corinthians, it, it applies to you. It says, bad company, it's not just a band in the 70s, bad company corrupts good morals. If you're hanging around the wrong people, if you say, oh, I've got friends, I've got community, but if those friends are not helping you walk with Jesus, then they're dragging you down. So the second question is, are you roped to the right people? Maybe you need to disengage from roping yourself to the wrong group of people and rope yourself to the right group of people, right? The third question is this. If you're ready to rope yourself to the right people and you're not yet in a life group, then the question is, are you willing, are you ready to join a life group? Are you ready to get into a community where there's real relationships, where you're studying God's Word together, where you're asking questions about your next step? How are you going to apply what God's Word says to you in your life? And you think about and answer that question. And as you discuss it in a group of like-minded friends who are climbing that spiritual mountain together, you find yourself committing to the way of Jesus even more deeply than you would ever have done if you were on your own. One of the reasons for that is accountability. You're voluntarily saying, I'm going the way of Jesus, and I want you guys to encourage me and hold me accountable for my walk. And I'm going to do the same for you. And that's actually a nice thing to do. It's not a judgmental thing to do. It's not a mean thing to do. It's not a I'm better than you spiritually kind of thing to do. It's like, no, we're in this together. 
Let's summit that spiritual mountain of 2021. Let's all get there together in community in where everybody's in a life group. So here's our action points. Friends, let me be blunt and just say this. And you say, oh, I think you've already been blunt. But let me say, let me say it another way. Have you, how, here's the, here's the deal. How you respond to those three questions will determine whether you make that spiritual summit in 2021 or not. Because if you say no to those questions, I can almost guarantee that, that you are gonna slip, you're gonna lose your footing, and you're gonna, in some way, shape, or form, you're gonna fall off that spiritual mountain. You succeed by voluntarily roping yourself to other believers who are climbing spiritually like you are, and you commit to following Jesus and his way together. Remember the African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Friends, I, I, I want to just say these three action points. The first thing that you can do is figure out other Christ followers you respect, whom you can rope yourself to. You can respond to what we're doing here at, in our life groups. We have life groups that are starting up again after a break. They're starting up this month of January. And if you want to join one, just email us at info at sebchristian.com and you can figure out a way and you can say, hey, I'm interested in joining a life group. Or you can look up on our website at sebchristian.com and say, what life groups do you have? I'm interested in joining one. That, and taking that step is going to be a big step toward your success spiritually in 2021. Number two, finding that spiritual mountain climbing community in a life group. Look what the author of Hebrews says. I love this verse. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. We're spurring one another on. We're encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. So there, that's how you're going to summit that mountain together. And then number three, prepare yourself for the climb. In addition to joining a life group and getting together, it says there's your daily Bible reading and prayer. There's utilizing one of these daily devotionals that we have that we offer right here in the church. In fact, you can come by anytime, Monday through Friday. You can pick one of these up and you can get started on that, that Bible reading and plan. Or you can go on YouVersion or BibleGateway.com and find an online reading plan. You can even listen to God's Word every day audibly. You can do it. You've got to commit to it. And you've got to say, this. let me say this other thing. Because some people say, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so over 2020. I'm so looking forward to a much better year in 2021. I am too. And I am in hope that 2021 will be a better year for, for our communities, for America, for the world, getting past this COVID pandemic. I'm, I'm hoping 21, 2021 is going to be a better year. But friends, there's no guarantee that this year coming is going to be easier than the year that we just experienced. Only God knows the future. He knows the future, and as we link ourselves to Him, by His grace, He will help us get through. So let's prepare ourselves for the spiritual climb. I want to close with the words of Jesus. Did you know that in the Gospels, you know, a lot of times you see in church services, they have what's called an invitation, right? 
In the days when I was young, the invitation involved somebody getting up out of their seat at church and walking forward and coming forward to commit their life to follow Jesus Christ. In the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus himself offers an invitation to us. He says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends, are you weary today? Do you feel heavy burdened? Jesus says if you come to him, he's going to offer you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. That was a euphemism for a first century rabbi to say the rabbi has a teaching, the rabbi has a way of life, and if you follow that rabbi, you follow his way of life. You're saying, Jesus, I'm willing to follow your way of life. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you want that in your life right now, friends, I encourage you to pray with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, today on this first Sunday of 2021, in a service where we are trying to focus on what it means to follow you and facing our spiritual mountains that are ahead of us, Lord, today I choose to follow your way. Lord Jesus, I commit my life to following you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your promise that if I would start following you and living your way, you would give rest for my soul. Lord, today I receive your rest. I receive your salvation. I receive your forgiveness. And I pray that you'll give me that rest for my soul that I so need. Lord, as we look ahead to 2021 and we see it as a mountain to climb, Lord, may we have your help. May we have your spirit accompanying us in every moment of every day so that together with other Christ followers, we can make it to the summit that you've called us to reach. Help us to do that by your spirit, through your grace, following your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.